Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we're talking about Babylon 5, episodes 7 and 8 of season 4. The first episode is 7 Epiphanies, and the second episode is 8 The Illusion of Truth. So, uh, Adam, why don't you run us through Epiphanies? Give us the okay. breakdown. Yeah, Epiphanies is a, a nice transitional episode where uh, the show has to prove to us the Shadow War's over, but there's still a lot going on. So we have Vester show up. We have uh, uh, kind of fallout with Lita, what's going on with Lita. We've got uh, Londo and Jakar have their post-conflict uh, first confrontation. There's uh, the new regent is picked for... Uh, uh, Centauri Prime as well, so there's just there's just a ton of a ton of things going on in this episode. So uh, what'd you think of this one? Um, I mean, I liked it. It was a transitional transitional episode, like you said. So it's more of a setup mm-hmm. for stuff that's clearly coming down the pike. There were important things that happened. Um, yeah, but it had <laughs> it had an odd tone. There was a weird tone to this episode. Um, I think it was necessary. It's sort of like, you know, all this stuff happened. They can't just jump right back into something super exciting. So it was kind of nice to see things wind down for them to remind you, okay, here's what's going on with Garibaldi. Here's what's going on with this. I found the stuff with Lita very intriguing because I didn't know where it's going. It's like, ooh, is she taking a turn for the worse here? Is she, uh, you know, especially the stuff. I feel like this is an episode two where I really see the different effect that having Sheridan rather than Sinclair present is having on the course of the plot. Because I feel like Sinclair would have handled Lita Alexander much differently than Sheridan did. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, as I'm doing a rewatch and you're doing a watch, it's like in the episodes prior to this where Lita's been around, I'm like, I've already been conscious of the fact of just how perfunctory everyone is like, hey, we need the telepath, get Lita. And yeah. it's just like no one no one treats her like a person at all. And it's like it's already been like that even before they've established it as a plot point in this episode. And so I, I, I've already kind of been feeling it from that perspective. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that that is one of the emotionally more interesting things and i mean yeah i i like that uh that you know sheridan you know sheridan has this this darker kind of edge at times and they 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 let that happen they don't they don't feel like sheridan has to be you know perfect all the time just because he's effectively kind of the main character no and, and a lot of his imperfections arise from his achievements so it sort of makes sense it's not like uh you know it's kind of yeah. like a heroic or a tragic flaw it's like it just kind of i don't know uh you know the things that make him exceptional are also the things that that, that seem to be creating problems for him um, yeah but i guess to stick with the lita alexander plucks i think that is it's one of the more interesting ones that emerges uh she, so basically, Bester comes on, and he wants to go to Zahadum, and and to get back at Bester, she telepathically sends a message, and uh, and so by the time they get to Zahadum, the trace like there's 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 obviously like what we find out is they're like dark servants that still live on Zahadum that worked for the shadows, and they depart, and. Uh, and and then the planet blows up, and it's all because Lita sends this message in advance, um, which 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 we know is going to have catastrophic consequences 
for for everybody down the line. Do you know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. is this is this is not a minor detail because we I have enough foreshadowing to 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 make the connection between these dark servants and what ends up happening to the new region at the end of the episode and and yeah. what happened to Londo in the flash forward. Um, but just to stick with Alita, when they get back, she kind of gets a talking down to by Sheridan because he realizes what she did, and 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 then uh, Zach sort of uh, shows up with a pizza and 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 the promise of company, and she seems open to 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 him, uh, you know, uh, you know, sort of getting to know her better, and it's interesting because earlier in the episode she clearly. Like he made the same offer earlier and she kind of rolled her eyes. But the yeah. difference this time is he's now head of security. And so I was wondering, <laughs> I didn't think if, about that. I was wondering, okay, is it, and maybe she doesn't know he's head of the security. So maybe she's just so, so either she's so down because Sheridan was kind of being mean to her, um, that, that, you know, she's even happy for Zach's company or she's got plans and, and Could Zach is a useful tool. So yeah, it could, and it could also just be, uh, I mean, it could be from the standpoint that there's a difference between someone showing up from pizza and someone going, Hey, well, yeah, you're having a bad time. Maybe I'll show up with pizza yeah. sometime, you know? No, but the <laughs> so, thing is when he did that, he was clearly putting on the moves. He was clearly oh, he sort was. of like, like, cause oh, he, he did, was. he made a big deal. He's like, uh, you know, he was kind of like, ah, so, you know, like I'll help you move and then I'll, I'll show up with some pizza. And she just had this look on her face. Like, you know, you, you know, like, like he was clearly not if Garibaldi had made that move, it might have been more smooth or if somebody like, you know, Jakar, <laughs> somebody with like a little bit more charisma. But Zach's kind of an ah shucks kind of guy. And it just it just didn't work. <laughs> I, I don't know if we want to give Jakar in comparison to Lita uh, credit on making smooth moves when you go back to the pilot when Jakar made his proposal <laughs> to Lita. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. But that was but that was because he but again that wasn't it wasn't his lack of smooth moves and that it was what he was proposing was so god awful. Awful. And, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh that was that was also a a uh a, a of long ago too. But uh, <laughs> he's not quite the same person anymore. But uh but, yeah. uh um, it is kind of funny. This is just kind of a transition left, so not not a lot happens, and oh, a planet blows up, yeah. and uh, you know. Well, so a lot, so a lot of important things happen. It's just that the whole episode, it's not like it's building up to these things. They kind of happen, no. and and they take you by surprise. So the planet blowing up, uh, Bester, sort of fuming at the at the cryogenic shrine huh. to his his lover um, after all this has happened, because I think he realizes that. You know, that wouldn't have happened unless Lita or somebody had sent a, a signal. And so yeah. he says he's got something up his sleeve that's going to make them really regret treating him so badly. Yeah. So one of the things that I've, I've, I've often felt about Bester, and I think you really see it here, and you even in the next episode you get a sense of it, the, they really should be treating him nicer because he's the kind of person that he clear he's, he's one of the... Like, he was like a nerd. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he obviously was like an outcast and super smart and not and not treated well by people. And that's why he's so nasty to people. He's like a yeah. hall monitor who's become dictator. And uh, and I, yeah. I think uh, I think that, you know, they would do well to like not 
not give him more reasons to to seek revenge against them down the, the line <laughs> like like just a modicum of respect probably goes a long way with this guy i'm guessing and they can't yeah. help themselves like some of the stuff they say to him is like you know he's a bad guy like you don't like him he's a bad guy but but they really say as many biting things as possible and they don't have any like it's 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 almost to the point of cruelty do you know what i mean um, oh yeah, it's it's like they're reveling in their freedom. It's like you know, for a long time they they were part of Earth Force and they kind of had to put up with this. And it's like now now that they're independent, they're like, yeah, we can say anything we want, anything that's on our mind. And it, and it's like, no, you still can't. You still can't. Yeah. You still gotta just, just you still gotta gotta so, think about these things. But, so, uh, but by the end of the episode, we're wondering, okay, what's going on with Garibaldi? Because now his programming has obviously been triggered. And, yeah. Um, and what's going on with um, uh, with with Bester? What's he planning and what's going to happen with Lita? And with Lita, I honestly don't know. I have no idea if she's just sort of grappling with some of the challenges of being like, you know, the telepath that they just, you know, they don't really care about her, but they care about her abilities and her sort of coming to terms with that or finding, you know, finding a life on Babylon 5 through people like Zach or if it's going to take her in a really dark path. And, uh, and also what the hell is going on in Centauri prime? Because we got some body horror going on there huh. where, uh, I mean, I'm guessing those servants from Zaha doom, they flew right over Centauri prime. And, uh, what was, well, here's what was really, so what happens here is number one, I don't think he even had a name at any point in the series, but the guy who played the, um, uh, yeah, the guy who's the regent now. You're talking about. Yeah, the guy about. who's the regent. What was? Does he even have a name? I don't. I don't know. No, it's funny. I like hadn't even thought about it. You know, it's like kind of thing. I, I was asking, hey, what's the reporter's name? I got to get that down. Minister. Minister is the his minister. Name. That's, He's a minister. Okay. Yeah. All minister. right. So, so, so he gets made regent. And it's really kind of funny because he's like, number one, I think this guy was in I Claudius or something. I know him from somewhere, and I don't know where. I've been trying oh. to to figure out where I've seen him. And I don't yeah. think his filmography is complete at, at Wikipedia or any of that. Um, but they make him regent, and he's all perplexed, and he's clearly just a creature of the inner palace. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't really understand. He does his world doesn't extend beyond there. So, yeah. so his yeah. first thing is, ah, I have a thought. I'm thinking pastels. And he's, he's just, he's, you know, the, the, his first use of power is just to re- redecorate the drapes which is yeah. you know uh which is is maybe a good sign like that's probably a lot better than than whatever cartagia's first uh policy change was um yeah exactly it's like uh it, it's it's londo londo picking the person who's going to do absolutely nothing he's like <laughs> yep let's put him in but, there and at, and at the same time londo managed to dodge the bullet there one time by you know it's like he knows it's a bad position he, he gets out of there and yeah. and the regent catches the uh the uh metaphorical bullet for him well and but the other interesting thing about that is by putting someone that's fairly un- ineffective in that position he is he is also going to be ineffective against this threat that yes. takes over and so what I found really creepy about it is the guy wakes up in the middle of the night and he's got like a face on his shoulder like uh, like Londo did in the flash forward. And, yeah. And so these – because when that happened, I was imagining all the ways that this was going to unfold. 
because that's a lot. I mean, that's a big detail to kind of plant, you know, plant that early on. And I assume there would be an exchange like like Londo or somebody in the Centauri government would make a literal agreement with some other power that caused this this, you know, this thing to happen to them. And this is more scary because it's like they just flew over and they just used advanced technology or something or that's just what they are. I don't I don't I don't know anything about these aliens. Maybe they can just attach themselves to people. But that's creepy. That's really creepy. This this show is really making good use of of the body horror that comes with space and aliens and stuff like that and yeah. the psychological horror that comes with things like telepaths. And so there's there's just it's the the horror elements that they've been they've been playing around with the past I don't know it feels like the past half season and the past few episodes and it looks like going into the future. I think really play to the strengths of the setting that they've established and to the just the science fiction genre in general. Yeah, and the, the Garibaldi stuff works really well too because it. I, I've talked about this before, but it, it plays really well to who Garibaldi is. It's like it's not like he's become this different person. It's just they just tweaked. They just tweaked little things about Garibaldi, so he's still the same guy. He's just acting in a way yeah. that's more helpful for what they want and that's it, all. even the stuff he's saying like in the next episode when he talks about sheridan that's stuff that you can imagine garibaldi feeling and yeah. and so yeah and, and the stuff with garibaldi that works like the psychological stuff with him and lita and all them that's really frightening is you just never really know what's going on and you don't even know <laughs> who's behind it is it psychor is it you know home guard like who is who is steering him into what purpose um, yeah, it's like on a clumsier show, it's like after Garibaldi came back, he'd be Garibaldi's evil twin, yeah. and it would like he'd be all wrong. Yeah, he, and he'd like, sneer and he'd go in and like you know he'd blow up somebody's quarters or you know there it, it would you know I, 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 I can easily imagine this happening on another show in that way, and and this is a lot more subtle. It's it's, yeah. it's very subtle, and it, and as a result, it's very scary because I've been like, what's going on with Garibaldi now for for many episodes. And they, and they really restrain themselves. They really they really show tremendous restraint. There's that one scene where he's in the in the bathroom and he's and he and he does like a smiley face <laughs> in the mirror, except it's not a smiley face. It's just a flat line for a lip, and so it's just like a I don't know an unfeeling emoji. I, I don't yeah. I don't know what you would call it, but uh, uh, an emoji is a little anachronistic to use for a show from the '90s, but. Um, well, we had we had emoticons back then, but did we, but we didn't have Pretty, but emoji wasn't a term. We didn't have it? emojis, no, no. But uh, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, it's 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 a very well done thing on there, and uh, yeah, one touch I liked in this episode that I got to point out, <laughs> I like the uh, the way that there's there's kind of a dual setup they do where you have the scene with Jakar and Garibaldi where Jakar comes to see him. And Garibaldi's kind of nervous about what Jakar's reaction is going to be. And then Jakar kind of does the quick hug, you know, surprise hug. Oh, I'm glad to see you. And and then it kind of does a parallel scene with Londo yeah. where it yeah. does it. And it's like you almost think, you almost think, oh, he's going to do the hug thing. Oh, thank <laughs> you for rescuing me. But no. And it's like those, those two scenes in the same episode just – just work very well together. Instead, Londo is is dead to him. He never wants to see him again. Well, and Londo <laughs> is clearly so uncomfortable in that scene too. That was the other thing that I found interesting there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was uh, again. You know, 
I think I think I, it's just a transitional episode, but but there was a it was it was a nice sort of landing into what's coming, and I like that they were sort of the end of the Shadow War. The I think the closest the closest thing you can compare it to in recent history is end of World War Two, and they did a good job of kind of nodding nodding to that with the kind the selection of music and yeah. and 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 the and the style of celebration that was going on. But I also it also was interesting world building because you kind of want like in a lot of science fiction movies they always imagine futuristic music as being pop driven and being like what's what's pop music going to be like in 50 years do you know what i mean like how how it's going to be way more but 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 when you think about it like that's probably music that doesn't have the best longevity because it's it's so tethered to technology and technology changes so rapidly that you know Mm -hmm. electronic music with electronic elements like that is probably going to sound really weird to to ears 30 years later or 40 years later when the technology is advanced but a trumpet always sounds like a trumpet do you mean yeah um yeah you know instrumental music always sounds like instrumental music that's why you know like classical and jazz stick around um you know yeah without uh you know so i feel like it's totally plausible that in the future that style of music would have stuck around and that they would still be using it well it it makes sense because it's something you know, you know, with with you know, movie soundtracks, you know, like orchestral soundtracks. It's like you can use them for any point in the past. They're completely anachronistic in the Middle Ages. Yeah. There's no orchestras or anything, but people, people feel some kind. Of, there's some kind of universal weight to those instruments yeah. that allows you to use them in any era. You know, you can use them in a science fiction movie. You can use them in something in Roman times, and people don't care. So yeah, it, it does have more weight to it, but yeah, the the music music in science fiction movies is a difficult subject, though. But I but I think this show took some interesting chances with stuff like that. Like we've talked about, like the existence of paper, the existence of, uh, of yeah. cl- uh, fashion and clothing, the the style of clothing that still exists, and the religion, and they kind of do the same thing with music, and it really works. It like it. It's not at all disbelievable for me that 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 kind of music is still present. Um, because all I have to do is say, well, we still listen to to Mozart, don't we? So why would it be yeah. so crazy for like you know that that to be the style from the twentieth century that remains in their time? Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So I don't know. We should probably get to the next episode though, which is uh, the illusion of truth. Unless there's something you want to add about. Um, uh, I think I've covered everything I had to say. Yep. Uh, now on to the illusion of truth. And uh, yeah, this is another another episode where Straczynski's hatred of reporters really boils over. It's uh, yeah, I was just like my comment up front. I have to say, I think it's kind of funny that another of the the early pioneering long form storytelling shows, The Wire. Journalism is the other point where that show just, you know, it can, it can be really ambiguous and gray about everything. But when it gets on journalism, it's like, ooh, gets really, really pissed off. You know, newspapers are just bad. But, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. Well, what did you think of this episode here? Well, this episode... So this is normally an episode I would not like because this is one where it's the premise is there's a news crew that's on the ship and they're doing a story and we watch them conducting. It's not filmed 
from their point of view, it's filmed as a normal episode, but we're seeing them interact with the crew and get their information. But then at the end of the episode, they show the news story. I thought this was a much more successful approach to that concept than they've done in the past because I, I yeah. really find it irritating when you're suddenly on a show and it's like, no, nope, now we're filming it from the point of view of the news camera. But the way they did it here is they the whole time that they're building their story and it's Sheridan knows they're a propaganda uh, machine for the pre- the president and and uh, and he and he lets them on only because they're like, well, do you want do you want a, your point of view to have any representation or none? And 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 the guy basically promises that he's going to try to squeeze in, you know, some amount of truth despite all the propaganda that he has to he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to do everything that he wants because he's got to play ball with the president but he'll try to get some truth in there and i think that's a very interesting question for us to address at the end of our discussion on this one whether you know what he actually did do but uh but what i liked about it was the whole episode i'm wondering how are they going to use all this footage what are they going to what are they going to cobble it together and make and yeah and then when they when they when they do show you the news program, then you're fully invested in it because you're wondering what it's got. It's like it's like watching somebody put together a pizza, and then cook the pizza and then eating the pizza at the end. Do you know what I mean? It's like normally I don't want your crappy you know pizza that you made at home. I want you know professionally made pizza. But like if I'm if I'm involved in the process early on, I I I have more curiosity about the the final result. Um, yeah, it is. It is an interesting cobbling process they 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 put together out of all the footage they have. I I, I my, my my problem with this episode is I kind of feel like, I mean, I guess you know it, it goes like something you complain about at times when a character is almost you know does things that you're like you feel like they they should like you said with beer a few times and it's mm-hmm. just like it's like having having Lanier show them around. It's like okay. Earth, Earth is like dripping with anti-Minbari propaganda. It's like why, why, you know, you're having Lanier show them around and then having Delenn there for the interview. It's like, wow, you are, you are just giving them everything no, I, they want. I, I definitely have some of the same criticisms as you do. Especially that's why I was talking about the stuff with Bester. It's like really, they, they really should be more right. Like they must know, they must know. Like they, you know. And I, I think the same thing applies here. They shouldn't have had Lanier give the tour. And the scene with the Len, I a hundred percent agree. Having her there, and not only having her there, but like making kind of like kissy faces at each other during the interview. Yeah, that they was got, weird. I mean, they've they've established how humans feel about. Mimbari, and they must know they're not winning anybody over and and they must also know just to realize how uh, they, like i would have just kept everything down to like a yes no answer do you know what i mean like that would have been oh. my and i and i would have made sure that it was just me and like so yeah i i agree with you i also don't see why they couldn't have just captured the guy and uh you know okay now we have like uh now we're gonna you know pull some kind of operation on this guy and do so like they've they've got the shadow technology they just have they just need the will to to, to use it on this guy and, and <laughs> but, but uh but yeah it, it just uh yeah it just it just felt a little a little like man you walked into a huge trap there and i guess i guess you know it could be just a you know a dumb move because you know 
Sheridan has kind of lost his perspective on how people on Earth do feel about the Minbari to an extent. So, I mean, maybe it's understandable, but it's like, ah. Uh. I don't think so. I, th- I think it was a little bit quirky that he did. Um, but at the same time, maybe, you know, maybe, like, I thought it made sense that, like, you know, the guy was like, yeah, look, I am propaganda, but if you work with... Oh, me, that, yeah, that, that part. I, the, the making the initial agreement i thought made perfect sense yeah because uh it's just it's just what they did after that and even even lanier i could it was really the scene with him and delenn that i felt was the most tone deaf on sheridan's part because that yeah even i was like oh that just doesn't look right you know what i mean like that's like like just because just doesn't he's supposed to be the commander or like a governor of the it just this isn't like he is not so on the one hand i guess Maybe what he was trying to do was trying to humanize himself for the yeah. audience home, but it just doesn't seem like the right move for that moment when 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 the when the wife that you're you're sort of trying to put on display there is a Mimbari who humans just don't like. Like it just it just seemed like a weird uh, a weird way to try to win people over. Um, well, and especially when you know they're going to be trying to use the footage in a. Yeah. in a way to make you look bad. I mean, even even if they were going to run the interview straight, if they ran the interview exactly as is, it would still look look iffy. But when you're, but, when you're trying to avoid anything that can be manipulated. But maybe what he was trying to do was sort of say, look, I'm being up front. I'm in a relationship with this Mimbari. And that's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So maybe that was the point that he was trying to... And, and, and maybe, in a way, it did help because I can imagine the news story being much worse if it was... Like they had yeah. to dig to get that information. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so I don't know, you know, but, but I did think that was kind of odd. And I did think some of the things Delenn said, some of the things he said, didn't seem like the smartest things to say, knowing that you were, you know, being filmed by a propaganda outlet. Um, I know. Well, that's just the whole, you know, you know, Sherry's point. Oh, all we said was things in simple decorative statements like, yeah, nothing will stop us. Nothing will stand in our <laughs> yeah, way. The moment it's he like, said that, I was like, oh, that's what they're going to be using. You know, I, classic I... supervillain dialogue there, guy. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, but it's a good episode. I really, I do think they did a good job of, of, you know, showing this really convoluted, crazy conspiracy theory they cooked together out of all this footage. <laughs> is uh is entertaining so that you know I, i'm focusing on the part i don't like but there is there is a lot to like in this episode well, too and and my reading of this episode is i i just was surprised that I, I liked it because like like i said the the episodes where they've done reporter stuff have generally been on like lower on the scale for me and i usually don't like it when they do the sort of po view through the news camera but here i thought this was a very interesting way to structure it i mm-hmm. i was really impressed with how invested i was in that whole beginning part of the episode and then how how curious i was at the end when they were putting it on display um and also the stuff going on with garibaldi i thought was very interesting here and it was really ambiguous and unclear exactly like like was this the end game like was that all they were like like we know he's been programmed and we know that they started the program like last episode and he he resigned and then zach becomes the head of security so is was it all just to get this propaganda or is it is that just side benefit um you know <laughs> yeah and yeah. so so you know I, I don't know who knows um i mean you probably know because you've seen the, the series i, but, I know but, yeah um, 
but yeah so uh, yeah I, I i liked i liked that i liked um i liked the journalist was easy to hate i liked that um uh i i liked the uh i liked the whole way they introduced the concept of this story where you thought it was going to be something much more grand than journalists and yeah and because uh, there's because they refuse to let the security team inspect their uh, inspect their uh, you know whatever they were uh, was on their ship and and uh, and Zach I think ends up blasting a hole in the side of their their transport and um, and he's all cocky and then it turns out that like a news camera floats out and that's what they've been transporting so yeah yeah no it's I don't know. I, I, I kind of wish that the uh, reporter wasn't quite so hateable, though, because, I mean, it, it, it really kind of tips the hand completely in that he's so smarmy. It's mm. like, you know. But at the, at, the, at the same time, by the end of the episode, see, I felt like by doing that, I trusted him more when he gave his propaganda speech. Do you know what I mean? Than if he came <laughs> on and he was all nice. Um, true, but, uh, true. But even like at the end of the episode, right, they do the news story and not the whole thing I'm looking for is, OK, well, he said he was going to sort of try to give a sliver of the truth or whatever. Did he do that? And that was the question. That's sort of the question for me at the end of the episode is, you know, because we knew he was going to do a propaganda piece. So I was expecting it to be something mm-hmm. like it was. But did he insert something in there that was intended to show a certain level of dissent against Santiago? Like, for example, you know at the end he talks about how sheridan should be pitied not um not hated maybe that maybe maybe that was what he was you know putting in there you know what i mean i don't know though because we we also get the earlier story in that news broadcast about how they're kind of sending off you know the the you know the the, the writers to uh go to mental hospitals for you know rehabilitation yeah. so i think i think all that is just set up that this is, you know, mental illness, all these people. And they actually get that earlier and uh, back in season three with that political officer yeah. kind of talking about a night watch. These people need help. Yeah, it you is know, interesting that, that does see, they have a sort of an odd, they're an oddly compassionate uh, authoritarian regime in that they, that, that they, and I guess it's sort of like, um, you know, it's kind of, it, it's kind of like a reeducation camp in a way. But, yeah, um, it's just it's just putting a but, nice face yeah. on it. But but the way that they're playing it is that it seems to be a sincere sort of these people are sick. Do you know what I mean? Like you get the sense that some of the some of the people saying this believe it. Well, um, some do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh but but yeah, I, I guess that would blow a hole in my theory because um <laughs> that that does play right into sense because because they really aren't the kind they're not, they're not they don't they don't execute people. So I guess it doesn't really serve their purposes to have people hate him. Um, having him be pitied probably does serve the purposes of Santiago more. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. But that was what I was looking for. And that was the only thing I could find. You were looking for, yeah. yeah like I, I mean, said, I, unless not, it's more not... subtle than that. Unless it's like, you know, if you listen to like every first letter of every, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well. Which they've done. They've done. They've done. People have done stuff like that in this show, so it's possible. But it's uh, true. We should watch the episode again backwards yeah. and see what we find. But well, remember the chain of command. The chain of command. Chain Follow of the command. chain of command. That's um, right. That's you know, right. Yeah, so. that's that's a good one. Okay, so 
yeah, yeah, maybe there's a hidden message in there that I didn't pick up on. But it's, um, uh, but yeah, I, on the whole, it's my complaints aside. It's it is a good episode, and it, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it it it, it puts it puts it, it does the job too of putting Babylon Five in a in a bad position early in this storyline too. <laughs> Where, yeah, you know, you feel like wow, they've got a long road to to go along. I like that they begin the episode talking about the revenue stream issues. That's always something that's very charming about Babylon Five, and that it yeah it, 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 yeah. it gets She's into a... sort of the real reality of the accounting books, which a lot of shows just gloss that stuff over. And I feel like acknowledging the obvious difficulties that they would face in their current position uh, makes sense. Yeah. Um, it does. It does. It, it uh. Yeah, I mean it's because I mean that's you know that that le- it's it's good to get back that level of things because kind of during the earlier part of the season where everything was on the shadow where things were really grandiose and huge yeah. and now we're now we're back to just day to day existence and how are they gonna how are they going to keep this station running and uh, yeah and I mean it, the the whole embargo plot line is an interesting point but uh, and, you know it, it's basically another good point of this this episode is it sets up the point that, you know, you could say, okay, well, they've got the white star fleet. They've got the backing of all these alien races. They can take out, you know, Clark's government. They should be able to just take him on. But it's like, well, you can't just take him on if everyone on earth sincerely believes that you're alien invaders. So it's, it's set up, it's set up the terms of this conflict in very ideological terms. And earth has psychor that, I mean, that's something that you, well, that's true, you know, um, who knows what they can do? Um, you know, <laughs> what 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 you know what what uh, you know P10s or P11s they have hidden there that are uh, they could you know knock their ships out of the sky or something. Um, yeah, they've already established with the uh, hyperspace thing. You know, the, the telepaths can communicate over huge distances while in hyperspace, and they and Bester kept that a secret. So we know, we know that they have secret powers they don't want other people to know about. But um, but yeah, I'm finding the Earth government stuff very interesting, um, and I, I I don't know I like the uh, I, I like at the end of it how we find out that his father's uh, house burned down and he's been missing, and so the implication seems to be that uh, they are going to use his father to try to get him to you know to do what they want. Um, yeah, yeah. So, that's though though here's what I found a little odd. They mentioned in this episode that his father was a diplomat. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's come up before. He did not sound like a diplomat. Oh uh, yeah, they brought up that he was a diplomat. Oh, did they? Okay, okay. I thought he was like a farmer for some reason. Like I thought because he seemed like a. Sort uh, he of just re- he retired. He retired out to a farm. Was okay. what they set up. But yeah, oh, that okay. was that was All brought right. up. He's okay. just you know. All right, so going, yeah, he talked about his. He was, I think he even says that his wife doesn't think his. I think the line he says is that you know, his his wife says that you know he's he's was a much better diplomat than he is a farmer and so on. Okay. All right. So so, so he's kind of. He's kind of trying to be a farmer. So my lack of attention then is to blame. Well, it's been a couple seasons um, now, so that's fair enough. But um, but yeah, so I but I felt bad when I found that out because his dad is very likable. So 
Um, so he's a yeah. character that you kind of don't want to end up. You know, it's not like they just randomly mention, oh, they've got his father, and I'm supposed to believe that he cares about his dad. You know, this is uh, a character who he's got an established relationship with, and it's also the kind of relationship that you can clearly see has shaped him into the adult that he becomes. So it's just like a very believable father-son relationship to me. And yeah. I feel like that makes, you know, again, building on that here really pays off. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'll be very disappointed in Sheridan if he capitulates, you know, under, under threat uh, for his father. Because I know his father wouldn't want him to capitulate. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I would disappoint his father greatly. Yeah. And um, let's see. I feel like there's one more thing I had to say on it. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting actually because uh, thinking back, something I noticed at the uh, end of uh, which season was it? The end of the end of uh, season two, which ends with uh, Ivanova kind of giving a monologue. They do talk about you know how the you know the the problems going on with Earth were like the real you know that was like the hardest fight they would have you know. <laughs> So now, you know, it's like now the shadow are done. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this was, this is, this is the hard part now. <laughs> well, the shadows, you, you can eradicate, you can blow them up and they go away or you can, do you know what I mean? It's like a really, it's not your home planet. You know what I mean? But like, Earth, yeah, you can't just go around, you can't just bomb earth and, and get what you want. It's like you were saying, you know, they can't just go there with all guns blazing and, and, uh, you know, even, even if, even if, even if they're confident they're going to win and they're going to win people over they don't want to destroy the planet do you know what i mean like the like yeah. <laughs> a war with earth would be a disaster so uh and and innocent people would die so um it's a complicated one and there's also multiple factions at work which makes it even more complicated um mm-hmm. and uh and we don't we haven't heard from that resistance movement that they were a part of on earth either so um yeah that's still hanging out there for now um, but, but yeah, so we'll see, we'll see who knows. Maybe they're the ones that got Garibaldi. That would be a nice surprise. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, so anyways, we'll, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you have anything to add about this episode that, uh, I think I've covered everything I had to say. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, you know, we'll end it here and, uh, we had a, uh, a podcast last night on Reign of Assassins, which I recommend people listen to. And next week we're going to do Dragon Inn. We'll be doing Dragon Inn, the uh, 1967, I think, King Who movie, uh, which is a real classic. And uh, I believe I, I, I got a version from Eureka that's uh, Blu-ray and DVD that's fully restored. And I, I saw when I was uh, looking for the movie on Amazon again. That they uh, that they might have a new Blu-ray of it out. I have to look further on that, but there may be a new Blu-ray available of, of Dragon Inn, and um, and I think we'll be getting more Babylon Five stuff during the week. And uh, until then, we will talk to you later. <laughs>